go to Ephesians 4. The scripture, in this, in this section of scripture, electrifies me. I am so inspired by these words um, that we're going to read tonight. And I was thinking about the through line of this, and I titled tonight's topic, Your Life is What You Make It. I think that in this section of Ephesians, it talks about the choices that we have and the kind of life that we can live and what God's inviting us into. And it also talks about what it takes to make it look different, you know, uh, and some of those elements. So we're going to look at Ephesians 4 and verse 17. Oh, actually, before we, go, before we do that, though, I was thinking, I was thinking in that regard of life is what you make it, or our lives are what we make it. We are, the, the reality is, is that we're not always dealt a great deck of cards. You know, so there are many things that, that happen and that we have been through that don't give us all the advantages and that are difficult. You know, like our parents, you know, necessarily, we, like, didn't give us everything, or there's just so many things that happen. It hurts, you know, it's funny, like, even the people that look like their lives are perfect not, are not so much. You know, it's the more and more you get to know people and kind of dig in, uh, it's really shocking how much people, it's just, it's a sinful world, it's a fallen world, and, and people hurt people, you know, and it just passes on, and, and the hurt and the destruction pass on. And so, out of that, you see people, and you see it in courts, you know, when you go, when people are convicted of different crimes, and you, and you see that that part of the defense is often how hard they had it, you know, what happened, or all the things that led up to, you know, that coming about. Well, this person, they killed somebody, but they had a really rough life, or, you know, they were abused, or or whatever it happens to be, where we look at the fact that people as adults often act out from whatever the hurt or, or damage was when they were younger in some way. <clears throat> and the Bible is very clear about the fact that when we were children, we've got nothing to do with that. It really does suck that we didn't always get all the perfect ingredients for having an awesome life. That's that's the reality. That definitely was the reality for me and for, you know, many people I know. And actually, in some ways, I would say even all people I know. Because even if people have an ideal family, per se, because we're all fallen, sinful people, the best of parents don't necessarily give their kids, you know, everything. It does affect us. It affects the RB our behaviors, and we find that, I know for me, you know, I acted out from some of the ways, you know, as I've mentioned before, from my abuse as, as a younger person, as a child, that I could have nothing to do with, but then I acted out and hurt other people as a result of that abuse. But God, God understands this, you know, God understands the world that, that we're brought into, and that there's nothing we can do about that, about what happened, and and it does really suck. But as we become adults, 
Whatever it is that happened before, we have a choice about where do we go from here. We don't have to be victims and stay stuck with whatever our past or our history is. No person, I don't care what happened to you, has to be bound and stuck and living in the confines of the past. Because we do have choices and God is big enough. Because God can do anything given our free will. He can't go beyond people's free will, but with free will and with choice, like God, God can do the impossible with faith. And so that's what I want to focus on today is what God has given us and what are the, the choices that we have that we can, from where we are right now in our lives, determine where we go from here. What do we want our lives to look like? What do we want as far as fruit in our lives? What do we want it to turn out like? We don't have to have it look broken. You know, we don't have to have it be destructive. Uh, and, but it takes time to, ch- to change some of the patterns and some of the hurts of the past. So that's what we're going to be looking at. In Ephesians 4 and verse 17, it says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. What this is talking about is, and you've known this, Christians can live where their lives look no different than non-Christians. People that have God can live lives that look like they suck. (laughs) They're, you know, unrecognizable that this person is a Christian or walks with God. That is an option. It is an option that our lives, we get saved, we get born again, we get eternal life, we got Holy Spirit within Awesome, we have eternal life, but our lives from that moment can still look just as crummy as if we didn't know God at all in some ways. So this is saying (coughs) the goal is to not live as the Gentiles do or the people that don't believe God in the futility of their thinking. Uh, That futility is uh, a Matty, whatever, anyway, it's a... (laughs) Pediotes, I think is how you pronounce it, is the Greek word, which is void of truth and appropriateness. It's When you think of futility of their thinking, how we live life begins in our brains. The choices and decisions and how we act starts here, guys, in our, in our minds and in, and in how we're looking at things and what we're feeding our brains, it says. So, uh, that, because that's where our actions begin. It says to live that we don't want to do that, live like that. And then here's a description of what it looks like to walk without God. Whether you are not a believer or you're a believer, this is the picture of what it looks like. And this picture looks pretty familiar to me. It might look familiar to you. It's not a good one. Uh, In verse 18, it says they are darkened in their understanding. What is it? What do you look at? the? I love these pictures. You know, the Bible speaks a lot about light and darkness. In darkness, the whole, think of the whole thing is that w- in being darkened in your understanding means like that, for one, if you think about living in darkness where you can't see, you can't find your way around, your n- things aren't clear. I mean, how much, you know, again, you know, like think about if we turned off all the lights in this room, the impact that that would make. That's what our lives 
you know, look like without God, really, is that we're, there's just so much that we cannot see or perceive. But think about that the understanding, what we get, what we understand about what's going on in life, what does it look like with the lights out? Um, and then it says being separated, and that word is alienated from the life of God or being estranged from God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Now, we can choose, have, have you ever noticed? I have. It's so, it's a spiritual battle, guys. Every time I move away from God, my heart starts getting harder and getting calloused. I'm telling you, the devil does not want us to be close to God. If this is spiritual, I, I can feel it even if there's a couple days that go by that I'm not spending time in worship and on my knees before the Father in prayer, I can feel the difference in my heart starting to get hard and getting calloused. It's not a place that we want to be. It says, it's, it means the hardening of the heart, it, the word is actually the word to be, there's actually a couple words here, but losing, it's, uh, it's past feeling, being callous that you can't feel pain. You know, feeling pain is good because pain is, is, is given to us as a warning system that something, it's an, it it's, gives us information when we're feeling pain. It informs us. And reality is our friend. We don't want to be shut down to not perceiving what's really going on. And so calloused, being calloused, especially on our heart where we can't feel things, you know, where you prick me and I do, it, it, it helps us get through in life in some ways. Like I know, <clears throat> you know, growing up as a child, um, I believed to get through my environment and the violence that was in my home. I taught myself to get so thick skinned that it was like nothing affected me. Nothing. I couldn't be rattled at all. You could do, I mean, seriously, there could be dangerous things going on and it would not even fit. I'd be like, life as usual. You know, it really was, had very little impact. And, and <clears throat> but that's not where we want to be in life. Because if we're not, uh, you know, if we are past feeling in, in that way, we're not aware of things that are hurtful and, or destructive. In our adult lives, this is not how we want to survive. It's not, a, it's not a good thing for our lives. I think it was great for me to get through uh, what I went through as a kid just to stay alive. But it dulls our perception. You know, and when our, when our perception gets whack, you know, like when our hearts get hard and our perception gets twisted, where we're not perceiving reality, everything's skewed. We don't want that. You can't see clearly. Uh, it twists things around. Our values even get skewed when we're like this. And, and our hearts are hard. And we've noticed that up is up, you know, up is down and down is up. I mean, I've had things completely turn around as far as how I see the world and how I see God in these times. Um, in hardening our hearts. And in verse 20, it says, um, You, however, did not come to know Christ this way. Oh, no, no, sorry. No, I didn't finish that thing. Sorry. Uh, verse 19. Here we go, lost sensitivity. Oh, um, well, there we have it. It's, it's a similar, it's a different word, but the same idea. Having lost all sensitivity, 
is the, in the King James, it says being past feeling, like you don't feel anymore. It's also a calloused word of not, they're both about not feeling pain. Um, And then it says, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality. Now, the giving themselves over is to give, that word is to means to give power to another or to give into the hands of another. So what happens is when you get to that place that you are hardening your heart and, and getting into that place, it's like, and the hardening grows if you let it. You know, it'll get harder and harder and harder. It's, it's an evolving thing. The further and further away that we get from God, the harder it is to get back to God. Have you noticed that? Come on, guys. How is this not spiritual? It's not that way with other things in life. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't work that way with other things in life. But this is really a big deal that the more I can feel it in two days. But over time, it's... You know, like, if we allow it, we'll get so thick that it, it makes it nearly impossible to find our ways back to God and to open our hearts to him. There's so many walls and so many fortresses and everything else built up that we're not letting God in. Um, but it's interesting that as we do that, it says... Having lost all... Um, that the, okay, so it's thinking about this, that the, that the understanding is darkened because of the hardening of the heart, right, and being separated from God. And then it also says, having lost all sensitivity, that they have given themselves over to sensuality. And the, sen- and the uh, sensuality is like lust uh, wa- and wantonness. It's like it's over-desire. It's, it's wanting more, more, more kind of thing. So it's like you've given yourself over like going, here, here you go. You know, where you've given the power, you've given the keys, you've given the control, you're no longer your own person. And you've probably noticed that in lust, haven't you? I'm not talking about just sexual lust. Lust is any, can be any, like, it, this is really not speaking just about sensuality. Lust is any over-desire. You know, where you can't get enough. It's an out-of-control thing. It could be you know, addictions are, you know, definitely fall into that category of that, you know, out of control kind of feeding, uh, feeding thing. And then it says, as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and the impurity is actually in motives, and with a continual lust for more. And um, the lust is, is a greed, actually is the word greed. It's to follow your impulses, to gratify what feels good. It's immediate gratification. And you know what? You can never be happy that way. It's a black hole. You will always feel, it just, it's, again, it's what we talked about last week. It's one of those things that going after that just makes you feel emptier and emptier. There's no, there's no filling like we talked about last week in this. And so, so it's just sort of, yeah, you're handing yourself over. In verse 20, it says, um, God bless you. You, however, did not n- come to know Christ that way. Surely you have heard him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. So there's two parts here. It's kind of interesting because in the process of changing this, because this is 
The option is to live like people that have no God. You could be a Christian and live this way, of just living for immediate gratification, of hardening your heart, of getting calloused and calloused, um, and just handing yourself over to whatever your feelings are. And, and then you're a prisoner of it. You're just following something around. You don't really have um, the choices that you think that you have. But Or it says there's kind of a two-part thing here, which is really interesting. It says that to put off your old self, it's, or it's kind of like it's interesting because it's going to talk about the old man and the new man. It's like the person that, it's like this person that we used to be that's not really who we are. It's our sin nature, you know, or our new man, which is created after God. And so the putting off takes action. It's not going to go away automatically. It doesn't work to just feel like, to wait till you feel like it because you'll never do it. Putting off is a deliberate decision. It has to be something that we can choose to do or God wouldn't tell us to do it. It has to be something that we can actually make a choice to do. And so, so we're responsible. We're making the choices. It's, it's, it's not we can get help, but that's all other people can, can do is to help. It's not something that somebody else can do for us is to put off. So think about it's making a choice to get rid of things, taking things off. It's a part of healing, and all of us need things that we got to take off. I don't care where you are in your walk. Right now, there's nobody here that doesn't need stuff to take off. All of us. And part of this, is it's a continuum. We want to be in a place that you can't fix it all at once. You can't change everything in your life at once. I used to drive myself crazy trying to do that and realize God doesn't expect that of me either. I love that God doesn't expect me to instantly fix it all, change it all, whatever. But... It is a continuum that we're constantly wanting to grow from our old nature that's being controlled by immediate gratification things and deceitful desires, it says. Um, Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Being corrupted by its deceitful desires. The old self, how interesting is that? The desires that are deceitful. Think of what that means in terms of our lives right now. How often has things that we've desired made us lie to ourselves? Man, I've had that so many times of where I got my heart set on how I wanted it or things that I desired or whatever, and I filled myself with all kinds of s- deceit. You know, we ne- that's something that we want to look at because it destroys us. It says it's, it is in a place of destroying us. It's being corrupted by deceitful desires. And then it says, oh, wait, uh, to put off. Okay, so in putting off, it's like this is, again, it's just sort of like it's, it's making a choice to get rid of things. It's like we want to be looking at, and getting rid of things is not easy. You know, think about the things in terms of changing that we don't want in our lives right now. You know, one of the things I'm looking at right now, you know, I've, you know, it is, I'm trying, I really need to get it together more on being on time. There's some things I'm always on time for, but other stuff that I really compromise and rationalize and whatever about it. And you know what? It's not okay. It's rude. It's obnoxious. It's like self-centered. It's not okay. 
You know, it's not respectful of other people. Um, and it's just like we want to be continually looking at the places that we want to be growing. There's like... And it's not easy to put off stuff, especially the big, you know, especially big things. I've gone through huge changes in my life, you know, in, in, you know, making the decision to go from dishonesty to honesty is a long process. It's a major life shift in, you know, in, for me, you know, as far as like looking at all the places that I deceived myself and deceived others. That was like major, major thing. Um, you know, my behavior that as far as my, as far as, um, promiscuity and that kind of thing, that was like a huge endeavor. Putting off things is not a simple thing. You know, we do need help. We do need support in this. It is not something that we can do alone, but it won't be comfortable. And you know what is putting off? So there's two parts we're going to talk about because it's, there's things that we got to put off, the Bible says, and things we got to put on that we want to be looking at. Healing goes both ways. It's not just abstinence. Healing is not just taking things out. We got to put stuff in too. Because part of taking things out leaves a hole. There will be emptiness. Even if it's something crummy that we're getting rid of, it will feel like there's a big hole inside. And that's understandable. That's why it's important that we need the help and we need the support. But it still is a choice that we've got to make. And won't be comfortable. We, if, if we're waiting for it just to feel good to do it, it's, nothing's going to change. Um, okay. Our lives are what they want them to be. It's one day at a time in this. We aren't just victims of our past. Um, also, when I was thinking about the deceitful desires and I was thinking about any of the things that we desire where we deceive ourselves are places that we're not trusting God to supply our needs. You know, where we're making, that where we're looking to other things to fill us. Um, some of the things to put off. I mean, think about it right now. Lying, being late, you know. It's just, it's just, just like we want to look at what's hurting us the most in our lives as far as what we want to work on. What are the things that are really the most hurtful right now in our lives? you know, that we want healing in. Um, you know, some stuff, you know, honestly, it's just, it might be that, that smoking's okay for you right now. Do you know, I mean, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? It could be, like, if you're dealing with, with, you know, something that's more hurtful or more destructive, you know, like, okay, so smoke cigarettes for a while. Deal with that one later. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of like some of the stuff is like, what's the stuff that's really impacting our lives in the biggest way? Because God's not looking at it as a shame thing. God's looking at wanting to take us on this journey because of how it's going to bless us and how it's going to change our lives for the better and ha- give more peace. Um. We also want to make sure that sometimes when we're making these changes and putting off things, sometimes one thing affects another. Sometimes you can't stop one without stopping the other. So sometimes you might have to take two things on at once. You know, um, you know, if you're, you know, trying, if you're out of control with alcohol and with sex, maybe both need to happen at the same time. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those things that, you know, if drinking alcohol makes you, 
you know, opens you up to other stuff or whatever. Some of those things are where you will have to take on a couple things. Part of it's just being honest as far as how things affect you. Um, anyway, let's, you know, it, all, it, it could be, it, again, it's like I just wrote down, think about the stuff that we want to take off, you know, uh, laziness, self-centeredness. You know, these are all things too. These are not easy things, you know. Um, the stuff that Adam was talking about with the internet and those things, those are not easy things if, you know, as far as changing that, those behaviors. Um, okay, in verse 23 it says, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And that's, again, I want to talk about, it's that to be made new is to be renewed. We have, the Bible talks about like, the, like I say, the beginning of change is changing your thinking. You know we have the power to change our minds? We do. That's, we have control. You do not have control over thoughts that pop into your brain, but you absolutely have control on whether you let that stuff stay there. That's the truth. A lot of change has to do with we have destructive thinking. Sometimes it could, it could be anything. I, you know, like... There are times that I've found myself completely immobilized by harsh voices. That's not the will of God. I'm speaking and, you know, shaming myself, and it's, it's completely freezing me up. You know, if I'm feeding into that, and that's not reality, and those are just like lies and things about, about me that are not true, that are keeping me from moving forward, this is not the will of God. This is, you know... But part of this is recognizing whatever it is. What is the things that we're feeding on? Hate, bitterness, resentments. What are some of the things that we're feeding and feeding and feeding that there's no help, there's no answer, there's no healing? This is like, how much energy do we put into these things? It's possible. Part of the change is changing how we're feeding our brain. But what... And, I, you know, and think about this. It works. It's just noticing when we're going there and saying, wait, this is not the will of God for me. You know, for me, part of it was in, in my sex addiction was when I was in that space was fe- how I was feeding my brain as far as sex goes. It was, you know, it didn't just, I didn't just wait for like those thoughts to go away. If I was noticing myself harboring on on that, I would be like, this is not helpful. This is not going in a good direction here. You know, this is not taking me where I want to be. But part of it is in renewing your mind is putting something else in there. You can't get rid of stuff by just saying, stop it. (laughs) Like the video. (laughs) Stop it. Stop thinking about that. Stop it. You know? And it's, it's, it really, let's, let's do a little experiment. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I want you to think right now, if you're about a, about a burger, delicious, however you like burgers, if it's vegetarian, it's vegetarian, but however you like it, you know, how do you like it prepared? What do you like on it? Imagine all of the, you know, cheese dripping, you know, what kind of, you know, lettuce, tomato, what do you like, avocado, bacon, mushrooms? What do you like? Imagine that delicious hamburger right now. 
Okay, stop thinking about the hamburger. Stop thinking about it. Don't think about biting into that hamburger. Don't think about the cheese. Don't think about the avocado. Don't think about the bacon. Don't think about... Okay, how about this? How about, why don't you think about milkshake? Or, or a chocolate sundae, how about that? Ice cream sundae, you can make that however you like the sundae. Think about what you like on your sundaes. Are you still supposed to be imagining this? Okay, so you got, what do you like? Fudge, butterscotch, whipped cream, cherries, all kinds of stuff. Okay, open your eyes. Okay, you see how that works? Do you know what I'm saying? It really is, it doesn't work to just over and over tell yourself, stop thinking about the hamburger. <laughs> you know, but it does work to say, I'm going to choose to think about the ice cream sundae or whatever it might be, you know, that you can move towards that. It works for prayer too, guys. Some of you guys I know are having a hard time in focusing in the quiet time in prayer. It just takes some time. If you want to shift where your heart is with it, it takes time in, of just going, be gentle, don't be shaming yourself. If you shame yourself, you still get stuck in that cycle. It's not useful. You just notice it. You just go, oh, hmm, my mind's wandering. I'm thinking about my to-do list right now, or I'm thinking about worrying about this, or I'm taking this on my own shoulders. And you just go, my heart, oh, gosh, you know, I'm sorry, God. I just say, <laughs> I feel like I'm sorry, God. I do this every day. You know, it's like, it's not that my mind doesn't wander, but because I'm doing this all the time, it's easier for me to move it back and more, it helps. I move more quickly now because I'm just going, oh, gosh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I was trying to figure that all out myself. What a goofball. You're a lot better off at figuring this out than I am, you know, for whatever that might be. But, we want to be renewed, it says, to put on the new, uh, t- sorry, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. And then that, um, it doesn't mean that we're sweeping things under the carpet or ignoring things. That's not what I'm advocating here. You know, it's not like pretending that you're not heard or things like that. It's a different thing. We do want to deal with those things, but there's a difference between focusing where you're pouring lots of energy into things you have no control over, you know, and you can't do anything about. Um, and the that word attitude is actually spirit, which is pneuma, you know, like Holy Spirit. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's go to, oh, in this renewed mind, I want to also bring up, there's, um, I think it's in the Seven Habits of Highly Successful, I only read the family's book, I know that there's, he has all these versions. He talks about the circle of influence and the circle of control. And what this is, is that the circle of influence is a smaller circle, I mean, I'm sorry, the circle of concern, sorry. Circle of uh, influence and circle of concern. And so, ooh, I'll, I'll draw it for you. Okay, so here we go. So here's the circle of influence, and here's the circle of concern. So what happens is the circle of influence is smaller. This is, influence is what we can do something about. The circle of concern are all the things that we care about. Now, a lot of times what happens in this renewed mind thinking is if is we spend tons of our time focusing on this part right here, which is the part that we have no influence over but that we care about. The more we focus on the things that we have no power over, 
the smaller the circle of influence gets because we have less power to, to do what we can do about the things that we can do something about because all of our energy is going into the things that we can't do anything about. So part of our renewed mind thinking here is to get clear. It's the serenity prayer. You know, Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So we want to be in a place also in where we're focusing. How, notice how much of the time of your thinking goes towards things that you have no power over. You know, how much do you fester on that? In those things that we have no power over, those are the things we need to bring to the Father. We need to just really interrupt that and say, I cannot do anything about this, but I can pray. That's all I can do, and to just let that go. So that we can be spending our time on the things that we can do something about. Right, realizing our powerlessness. Okay, let's go to um, verse 24. It says, and put on, this is the good stuff we're going to put on, the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And so in this process, as we're putting things off, you need to fill in the space with good stuff, with, with putting on the new man. What, what comes to mind as far as some of the things that you can put on in the new man? The, new, the King James says new man. New, it's new person, basically, inside. What are some things that come to mind about putting, that you can put on, you can choose deliberately to add to your life that may not be there or to add more, to increase? What would be some of those things? The love. You can put on love. Peace. Peace. Faith. Faith. Faith, absolutely. Self-control. This is all the fruit of the Spirit we're doing. <laughs> we're fruit of the Spirit. But there's also things that we can put in there. If you want your life to change, it's a process of taking off some stuff and putting on some things. Some of it is disciplines. We need structure. If you're going to build new stuff in your life to add things, again, it's not going to happen just wait to, waiting till you feel like it. It could be prayer. I'm, I'm telling you, most of you guys have heard my lectures. I'm really big on <coughs> if prayer is not alive for you, I am the hugest advocate. It will change your life. Spend a half hour on your knees every day. It will change your life faster than anything I know. It's a discipline. You can't just wait till you're in the mood. Spend a half hour on your knees before the Father seeking him in a seeking place. You'll be shocked. At, it will revolutionize your life like faster than anything. That's something to put on. Put on reading some scripture. Talk about renewing your mind and putting different thoughts. It helps feed you with the fact that God is for you and he loves you. Feed yourself on it. You'll get it. You'll believe it. It's just, you know, it nurtures you. It changes the way you're thinking. It gets rid of the garbage in your brain and, and the, you know, honestly, the hateful stuff towards others and yourself, you know, that whether it's self-talk, you know, bitterness towards your, you know, others or the hateful self-talk and replaces that stuff, you know. Also, and you'll see it's interesting, some of the things you'll, uh, like some of the examples that, that they have, prayer, serving, reading the Bible. Um, also, it's like you want, it, it takes structure to build new habits for this. Accountability, too, helps with this. Um, so we want to be putting on some stuff. And then in verse 25, it says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one, of one body. And 
interesting that they start off with talking about something to put on is speaking truthfully. And how much do we do that? It's not just lying, but it's speaking up, you know, giving feedback. It's parting, part of putting on the man, new man is speaking truthfully. Uh, for we're all members, which means we're all affecting one another, you know, a lot. In verse 26, in your anger, do not sin. That means, you know what? Anger is not a sin by itself. It's the way that we relate to anger. Anger is okay. Jesus got angry. God gets angry. You know, anger is okay. It's out of control anger that's not okay. And what do you think it means as far, it says, so be angry and sin not, it says, and do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. You know what that's indicative of? If you're still angry going to bed, that means you're festering and it's not a healthy anger. It means it's out of control. If you can't just let it go, you, you know, where you're just harboring, harboring, I'm still mad, I'm still mad, I'm a person, you know what I'm saying? That's not a healthy place to be and you're not going to sleep well and it's going to, you know, it's not necessarily that you've got to make up with that person, but the fact is, is you need to be at peace that, you know, that, it, that it's not something that you're feeding on. It tells you the difference. Because a righteous angry, you're angry, you let it go. You know? Um, speak your peace and move on. Uh, and then it says, and do not give the devil a foothold. It's like, <laughs> foothold, I think of that whole thing of, you know, you s- like the devil gets the foot in the door. You know, before you can slam it shut. So there's a crack open. You know, we don't want to give Satan a foothold. Where Everybody's got different footholds as far as where Satan comes in and is able to get a place in your life. And we need to stand guard for that and not give him that opportunity. Um, Don't leave him an opening. You know, God says that we're not to be ignorant of his devices. In anger, you can leave. That's definitely a place that, you know, out of control anger that gives Satan a foothold. In verse 28, it says, He who's been stealing, wait till he feels like not stealing. No, it doesn't say that. You're not arguing with me at all. (laughs) He who has been stealing (laughs) must steal no longer. And look at this. It says, stop doing the stealing. But then it says, to replace it, look at the replacement, must work and do something useful with his hands so that he might have to share with those in need. You want to stop some <coughs> something? It doesn't just say, just stop stealing. It says, instead, what God would have you to do, the godly thing, is working and giving. Because why, why would somebody steal? You know, because uh, I'm telling you that we've got the lust thing, of the over-desire of having money mean too much and not trusting God. So God's going, if this is where you're at with it, you know, then it's working and giving so that you don't, so that you're not all about obsessing over your money and and looking to that to supply your needs that you're trusting God. So it's not just if you stop stealing, but where we want to move as far as healthy goes is working as well as giving. Interesting. That's, That's the putting off, putting on. Um... Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful in building others up according to their needs, that it might benefit those that listen, that the things that we share and speak to somebody are not to tear people down, but that we are, our time with people is focused on how we can be there to help meet their needs, because people got needs. They were just not talking like a bunch of smack. So in verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God to whom you were sealed, uh, for the day of redemption. 
Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate. There we go. Put off, put on. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ in God has forgiven you. We can, we can change these things or God wouldn't say that. Think about what it does to us when you think about, we've all felt bitterness. You know, it doesn't feel good inside. It feels awful. We want to, these are the things that if we see them in our lives, it has to be that we don't, we don't want to let them live there. We just go, I'm not okay with this. It's not working for me. You know, in a place where we want to move towards being, I pray when my heart is funky, I just ask God too for help. It's not, it's our responsibility, but we can ask God to help us with it. Helps, it helps a lot to be on your knees and just go, God, I, I'm, I don't like this. I don't want this in my life. I don't like that my heart is hard right here. I want my heart to have your heart in it. You know, and then to be moving towards being kind and compassionate, forgiving one another, just as, Christ, as, Christ, just as in Christ God forgave you. You know, we don't want to be holding grudges because it hurts us. You know, it's like wherever we haven't forgiven, it's good. We talk about grieving and everything in this church, which is great. You know, it's, and we don't want to forgive too soon. Forgiving too soon is where it's not really forgiveness. We're just acting like nothing happened. That's not really forgiveness. Real forgiveness is understanding that we've been hurt, but then saying, okay, you don't owe me anything. You know, you don't, um, uh, my God is taking care of me. You did really hurt me, you know. Um, and you owe me for it, but I'm letting that go. You do owe me, you know, for the thing. But part of it is also understanding that we owe others. <laughs> you know, like none of us is, uh, all of us, you know, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that's where we find the place to forgive. Anyway, um, yeah. So God's got good stuff. Our lives can be whatever we want, really. God's, God doesn't know limits with this. What do you want? What do you want your life to look like? That it, what is it? What what would you like it to look like that it's not looking like right now? Just think for a minute. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is it that's not happening right now that you'd like it to be? God's got that for you. You know, and we want to. The more we move into this stuff, the freer we are in so many ways. You know. The freer that we are in so many ways and the fuller and richer our lives will be. God wants us to be blessed. All of this is to bless us, you know. So anyway, it's our choice. It's pretty cool. We can live like we don't know God, (laughs) you know, but why would you want to do that? You can. God will still love you. It's really great. God still loves you. But we get to also walk in freedom. Anyway, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love and goodness. I do feel incredibly blessed by your grace and how undeserving that you have forgiven all of us. Gosh, I know you've forgiven me for so much. It's inconceivable whenever I do stop to think. It's amazing. And so who am I not to forgive, Lord? I, yeah, I, it's just you can forgive me so I can forgive others. Lord, I feel grateful for your love, and I ask you, too, to just help show us the next steps as far as where you would have us to go to walk more in your freedom, to walk more in your light, God, because you have great things in store for each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.